Hello and welcome back to the Injured to Lead podcast with your host, me, Dr. David Meyer, dream coach and performance physical therapist. Are you faced with a challenge in the way of your dream? Well, then this podcast is for you. Today, the abstract physio Jordan Seta joins the show to discuss coaching people through fear and the power of community. Jordan and I met at a roundtable discussion recently talking about paradigm shifts in the rehab and performance industry alongside several other innovative colleagues. Without further ado, here's episode number 17. Jordan, thanks for joining the show. Uh, it's, a, it's a pleasure to be on here with you, David. Awesome. So first off, how did you get the name, the Abstract Physio? I, I really like the ring. I took a course with Greg Lehman. So if you, those of you who don't know who Greg Lehman is, he's a physical therapist and chiropractor up uh, in Canada. And after his course, I kind of wanted to help drive this change that you know we are kind of mismanaging people as a healthcare profession. And I started blogging. I'm a pretty good writer, you know, for what it's worth, not like I'm going to be teaching writing at an institution, but I wanted to put some content out there and I needed a, a title to operate under. And I was thinking to myself, what would pro- project that I think outside the box uh, relative to the average physical therapist or performance specialist? And it came to me. And ever since then, it's kind of like that's what embodies me and that's who I am. I love that. Number one, the fact that you're thinking outside the box as a physical therapist and it's such an inside the box profession, scope of practice, license laws, state to state. You and I discussed that when we first met. And I myself have gotten into writing. In high school, I never thought I would would be writing anything professionally, but I'm through my first draft of the Injury to Elite book. And so I love that. So you and I hit it off at Irwin's roundtable discussion, talking about shifting some of the industry paradigms. And specifically, you and I spoke a lot about the holistic approach, pain science, and mindset as it pertains to our work with clients and patients, You know, whether it's in a performance capacity or a rehab standpoint. So tell me how you got into that. Yeah, I've been fortunate enough to work with some amazing colleagues over the years that have helped exposed me to to all the topics that you just listed. And, you know, I took a couple continuing education courses, started to network with a bunch of like-minded professionals like yourself. And after a while, I was in this place of unsettlement and had to figure out like, well, I feel like I could be doing better, that people deserve better. So what is it that I can do to give people what, what they need, what actually yields positive patient outcomes? So I started to delve more into all these topics. And I feel like I can now do a, a pretty good job helping people navigate uh, when they're down, when they're in pain, when they're just struggling to perform as well as they want to be. I love that answer. You know, and I, I could speak about myself there. Same thing. I wanted to give people more. And it, sometimes it's outside of the realm of just an exercise or a manual technique or uh, a modality. And so as you and I spoke, the holistic approach, the mindset, how important is that? It's so important. So let's get right into it. We have many people we work with in a state of fear and panic after an injury or in the state, you know, state of current affairs with a pandemic going on. I actually tagline in the book I wrote, the moment you get injured or the moment you have that setback, it doesn't have to be physical. It could be a depression. It could be a breakup. I call it time zero. And that's not really that unique. I mean, they use that in the research world a lot. They call the beginning of something time zero. What are the first steps you take when you coach your clients through this state? Uh, I think the first thing that's most important is validation. Uh, when people have fears or they're scared to do something, acknowledge the fact that it, what they're feeling is is worthwhile. It's understandable. Uh, just to kind of let them know that they're not in this alone. 
I think when people start to feel like they're alone in their fears and that, you know, they don't know anyone else and they might not know anyone else who has overcome injury or there's a lot more self-loathing involved. I think getting them out of that and helping them realize that people have been fearful of activity before they've gone back and had pretty successful either athletic careers or just getting back to doing what they love to do is one of the first things I would tackle. I like that word validation. I talk about acknowledgement as the first step, the injury to lead method, first step is acknowledging the state you're in. But validation, when they come to us as a professional, you have to listen to them. You know, if somebody comes in and they say it hurts here on the, in the front of their shoulder and you take the joint by joint, joint approach for those out there that maybe don't know the science behind that, but there's uh, somebody by the name of Gray Cook who's come up with the functional movement system, the FMS, and they look at the joints above and below. And I might be saying that wrong in terms of Gray Cook being the founder of the joint by joint, but there is something to having your client, patient, athlete there and saying, I understand it hurts right there. And even touching that area, even, you know, like you said, validating that what they're feeling is real, whether it's in their brain or their body, it is real. And you can't sometimes take that approach that a lot of other clinicians, I feel at least take where it's like, well, it has nothing to do with your shoulder. It has to do with your thoracic spine rotation. That's the underlying cause. But what might get lost there is the fact that right now where that person is, is they're at time zero. They're in that moment. And I, and I think that's a good way of saying it, validation. And I think it's important for patients out there also to let their clinician or professional know that they are looking to know, is this okay? Actually, that reminds me of a quick story. And I'm going to get to the next point. I actually had a loyal client who was a hypnotist for the stars in Hollywood. And he told me the first thing to tell someone, even something tragic, like an accident happens you know, I don't know if you've ever had to, you know, respond to somebody. I've unfortunately had to do it a few times. He said, the first thing you say is the worst is over. And I definitely use that, you know, when they come in and say, look, you had the surgery or you had the injury, the broken bone, the, the tear, the illness, the worst part is over. But I also find that sometimes you need to just allow the client to let it all out and acknowledge the state they're in, right? Yeah, uh, I think you, you hit the nail on the head there about just saying that. I think when, when I have a client in a situation like, like you have, one of the things I try to do is find all of the positive things that I gather from their assessment. So they might have pain doing certain activities, but there might be certain activities, ranges of motion or strength that's available and functioning very well. So you can create this sort of paradigm shift where, yes, this situation you're in is unfortunate, but you're still quite capable of doing X, Y, and Z, or A, B, and C, depending on how you, you want to tailor it. But giving people the lowest hanging fruit, we talk about very often about savoring the lowest hanging fruit. I think if you use that as an entry point to start the conversation to help them you know, overcome their fears, that's a good place to be. I totally agree. Once they get it out and give them that, that validation, right, that what they're feeling is real and that you can help them with all that, the next step is look at all of the great things that are working for you, you know, and now you have this opportunity, you're with a great professional like you or all the great professionals out there. They have the chance to spend the time working on not just the weaknesses, but the strengths and they can develop even the things that have worked well for them. If they're an athlete, well, now they can get stronger, even in the areas that they already were strong because they have the time. So I, I love that. Focusing on what they can do, not what they can't do. So you mentioned also when we met that you took the course by David Butler and Laura Mir Mosley. They wrote the book, Explain Pain, for those out there that, that don't know those names. They're absolute trailblazers. They played a heavy influence in the book I wrote, Injured to Elite, 
I'd love to know what that whole experience was like. I was uh, incredibly fortunate back in 2016. So I was about I was practicing for about a year at that point when uh, I found out David Butler was coming to the States. And there were a lot of heavy hitters as clinicians in the room that I later found out are some of the biggest influencers in our profession at this time. The, the movement maestro was there. I had no idea she was the movement maestro, but now I, it's like those types of people were at this course. And just to be able to learn from David and see his passion, his charisma uh, about what he's been researching for all these years and talking about all these patient cases where he's applied explained pain paradigms in places where people are just getting lost with this traditional biomedical approach and just like breaking it down bare bones from smallest nerve ending to how things get processed in the brain and then how it outputs in the body is just it was an incredible experience to learn from him and after that again I started to get the wheels turning a little bit more about pain science and then uh, Dr. Laura Mosley came last year uh, to New York, and obviously I jumped all over that lecture. And I was even fortunate enough to ride the subway with him. I was just uh, I was on the subway to to his lecture, and I just happened to see him sitting there all by himself, <laughs> and he had no idea where the hell he was going. Those 15 minutes on the train and uh, walking to the lecture were really great, and he was telling me a little bit about what's going on with him and. I was telling him kind of like where we are as a country with our healthcare system and how we're trying to elevate how we communicate with people, implementing the principles that he and Dr. Butler have uh, taught. And he was really pleased to hear that. That's awesome. I actually reached out to Lorimer through email and he was nice enough to respond back to me, but he's a busy guy. So I'm going to, I'm going to email him again. If you ever get an opportunity to see them speak or foster the money to get to Australia, even if they don't come here, it might be well worth your time. I mean, Lorimer Mosley is an absolute great speaker. I've listened to some of his YouTube videos and watched them. And he talks about he's walking in the bush and he gets bit, you know, that whole bit about the, uh, you know, the, the bad, extremely dangerous snake bite felt like no pain and then gets a little bit of a thorn stuck in him a few years ago and has 10 out of 10 pain. But the first time where he was almost, almost dead, he basically, you know, a one or a two out of 10 pain. And I thought that was such a, a great story to share with my patients. So I share that a lot. And I think it connects well with people. So I, I think it really is so important for our patients, our clients, our athletes to understand that pain science, injuries, the body physiology, yes, it's complex. Yes, there's science. But what has to be understood is that the brain and these neurotags, they call them, right? Or these impulses that send through our bodies, a lot of it is modulated in the brain and it's not necessarily threat. And I, I watched some of your videos, you talking about pain science, that was to... Uh, pretty much, uh, I try to target prospective clients, but also just the general, more the general public, because I feel like people like right. you and I kind of have the similar idea about pain science. It's more like the general public. It's like we're fighting people who are trying to capitalize on fear uh, with information. So I'm trying to provide them with a way that they can inherently change the way they feel about pain. I love that. Yeah. And amongst the shift in pain science education with our patients, what have you found to be the most practical and effective in terms of coaching your clients that are experiencing some of those nasty negative thought viruses? Yeah, This is a, a tough one to tackle because it, it honestly is very client dependent on where they are in their recovery process. If I'm with someone from day one and then they start to have these thoughts, it's easier for me to coach them because I can demonstrate where they've come from and where they are today. And talking about my experiences working with athletes uh, like themselves and how I've helped them overcome or try to relate it to an athlete they admire and use them as an example on how to overcome or how they were also able to overcome what they've been through. The difficult ones come when people are skeptical of a physical therapist 
in general, or they were referred to me from somebody else and their fears have been going on for months. So they're a little bit more hesitant to receive the information I'm trying to provide. So in that situation, it's really difficult. And I try to aim for smaller victories. I might need to dip into the evidence a little bit more to support what I'm trying to get out of them so that they can start to get buy-in. A lot of it is about trying to convince someone why they should marry you as their primary source of information. So gradually getting them to buy into what you're selling is the way for those individuals. Yes, absolutely. And there's two points that you just said there that I think are important to drive home. One point, connecting with each individual and making the story relatable to that or connecting to them, whether it's somebody they admire or a past experience for you, I think it's important to have relevance for your individual. If it's a baseball player and I'm just talking about football, it might not connect. If I have a dancer and I'm just talking about baseball, it might not connect. And I think that's probably what makes you successful. You connect and you make it relevant to that individual, which is really smart. And the second thing that you said, which I can't agree with more, is getting people to buy in on day one. It is a little bit of a circus act for us as clinicians, physical therapists especially. We have to get that quick buy-in. You know, I had an interesting question asked to me at the workshop Irwin and I did at Grit City in the Bronx. And one of the physical ther- newer physical therapists asked me a really insightful question and asked me, what are some strategies you use to get people to buy into day one into the holistic approach? And I told her pretty honestly, when I started really diving deep a few years ago into this, I realized the more confident I was day one and about my beliefs into this, we call it your BS, your belief system. The more confident I was in my beliefs that the mind, body, and spirit are the most important to connect all those elements, I started to see a little bit more buy-in from people because they saw my passion. They come into a clinic or a gym or anywhere, telehealth, with somebody like you or I, and it's a lot of what our approach is surrounded around, this whole idea of the mind. And I think it's a lot easier when you're fully confident with its effects the people are going to gravitate towards that. So it's tough. Not everyone's going to buy in. But unfortunately, I would say from my experience, the people that are not ready to buy in, there's maybe some other elements on their journey where they still are kind of going through to figure it all out. But like you said, we always want, we strive for that buy-in. So that's definitely something that we all can grow from and with. I guess kind of wrapping up, I know this is kind of a tough one, but what's like the biggest tool that you give your clients after their time zero event in that state of fear, what's like the biggest take-home thing you give them overall? If you had to say it's one thing, it could be more than one thing. Seeking a social support and community and leaning on the people that you're surrounded by could be a massive tool for you at this stage because you know they might have had similar experiences and they'll be able to help coach you uh, through these experiences or maybe they'll just be there even if they haven't had those experiences to help uplift you and lift your spirits maybe help distract you by doing something fun with you uh, just to get your mind off of you know something that's been bothering you for so long it's been proven that in these highly anxious situations that when you lean on other people or when you use that energy and sort of circumvent it and do something positive for a friend of yours or a family member, uh, that could be a good way of coping with these fears. But otherwise, I think for someone in fear, it's doing something, doing finding a task that they can complete successfully that's similar to the act, movement or activity that is bothering them so that they can kind of Start gaining some confidence that, yes, I'm not deadlifting 300 pounds yet, but I was able to hex bar deadlift 
150 or I was able to do a, a hip hinge with X number of weight. It's, it's getting people to realize that they're capable even if they feel like they are not. So it's empowerment, right? With the ability to develop and progress even in right. a time when they might've been focusing on an impairment. So they're going to leave your visit with that sense. And in my experience, a lot of times there's a little bit of a debate when somebody goes in for a first initial visit or evaluation or whatever you want to call it. Some clinicians don't give readily available advice or treatment. And I think it is important, even on that day one, to give them something, even if it's that one thing that they can do that's safe. And it doesn't have to be something that's going to fix the impairment. But I think it is important to say, you can do this. This is something that will help you progress but it doesn't have to be directly related to that impairment that they have. And I think that's, that's an important concept. You know, some of my colleagues struggle to figure out, well, should I just do a detailed evaluation day one and not give them anything? Or should I give them treatment as well? And I personally think it doesn't have to be treatment, but it has to be something that they could take home. Absolutely. Well, cool, Jordan. I think you're really somebody that's helping to shift the paradigm in the industry from your blogging and your writing skills and your speaking abilities and your different approach that you take. I think it's really refreshing to see that in Manhattan when you see a lot of clinicians out there that are just jumping on the bandwagon of the latest and greatest. It seems like you're sticking true to your brand and sticking true to what you believe in. And that's why I wanted to bring you on because I feel very similar to you in that sense. And it's kind of exciting to see for you where your brand's going to go. I'm sure over the next six months to a year, it's going to really grow and take off. So thanks for coming on. And, uh, I look forward to us staying in touch. Yeah, this is a, a great opportunity. And uh, any anything I can do to help get the word out there that people are capable and that pain is it can be transient and that we are all resilient people. That's, uh, that's what I'm looking for. Well, being the comment you made about community and how important it is, I would love to get out there in the community with you. And maybe we can do a workshop in the New York metro area in the foreseeable future. And uh, we could definitely put that up uh, on social media to promote that. I think everyone's going to have to hit the reset button in a few weeks uh, once the hysteria surrounding the coronavirus dies down. But For sure. And um, how can people reach you, Jordan? I'm trying to be everywhere and anywhere right now. Uh, I have a website. I'm www.theabstractphysio.com. I'd like to say I have a decently strong presence on Instagram, uh, at The Abstract Physio. I'm on Facebook. I have a Yelp account. I have a Google business page. Uh, you can pretty much find me if you want to. All right. Well, look him up and find him. And he's got great content on his Instagram page. And I think you, all my listeners out there will find a lot of that very interesting. And it's geared towards people going through these things, not just other professionals. So I think you'll find a lot of value in, in his page. Jordan, thanks again, man. Appreciate the time with you. Yeah, my pleasure. Take care, man.